this evening, uh, we're going to be particularly zoning in on uh, Mark 10, verse 45. Uh, But we're going to read uh, Mark 10, verses 32 to 45 now. So Mark 10, verses 32 to 45. And they were on the road going up to Jerusalem, and Jesus was walking ahead of them. And they were amazed, and those who followed were afraid. And taking the twelve again, he began to tell them what was to happen to him, saying, See, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the scribes, and they will condemn him to death and deliver him over to the Gentiles. And they will mock him and spit on him and flog him and kill him. And after three days he will rise. And James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came up to him and said to him, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. And he said to them, What do you want me to do for you? And they said to him, Grant us to sit, one at your right hand and one at your left, in your glory. Jesus said to them, You do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink, or be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized? And they said to him, We are able. And Jesus said to them, the cup that I drink, you will drink. And with the baptism with which I am baptized, you will be baptized. But to sit at my right hand or at my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared. And when the ten heard it, they began to be indignant at James and John. And Jesus called them to him and said to them, you know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them and their great ones exercise authority over them. But it shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. We're going to have a time of open prayer now. It'd be good to have people pray. People praise God. Uh, Thanksgiving. Just say I'm sorry for those of you on live stream, you won't be able to hear, but maybe this is a real opportunity for a few minutes to uh, pray in families or by yourself. Um, There's lots to pray for and uh, praise um, God for. For those of us here, um, I'd encourage you to pray brief prayers. It'd be lovely to have a good number pray. Um, So I'll start and then uh, let's pray and praise God together. Lord God, we thank you that Christmas is a time when we remember that you sent a saviour. Lord, we need rescuing. And Lord, we thank you that Jesus is the saviour who saved us from our sins. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. loving Heavenly Father, we thank you that you sent your son to this world to serve and not to be served and to give his life as a ransom for many. Amen. Amen. Lord, we thank you that it is a wonderful time of joy. We thank you that it's news of great joy for all people. We thank you for the joy we see in the wise men as they uh, arrive at where they're aiming for. We thank you for the Tremendous, uh, deep reasons for joy that we experience at this time of year. 
singing King of Kings, Majesty, um, and we praise you that as as King, um, Lord Jesus, you stepped down from that majesty, you became a humble man for our sake, we praise you that that amazing um, transition and future sacrifice was what means we can now come to you now, we have hope, we have a future, and we have access into your presence. Jesus, amen. amen. Father, we thank you so much that when the fullness of time had come, you sent forth your Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption as sons. We thank you so much that Jesus has fulfilled the law for us, and that he has borne the curse uh, that we deserve for our failure to keep it. And we thank you so much that so many of us can say that you have <coughs> broken the chains of our hearts and that you've set us free um, to, to serve you and to love you and to know you and to be your sons and your daughters. And that we pray that we would do that with that real sense of joy and thankfulness and gratitude. Amen. Amen. Lord, we thank you that this is good news for all people. Thank you that you came to give your life as a ransom for many. Um, thank you that we can know that individually, that we can know that if we're yours, we've been saved into a family with thousands of other people. We praise you for that. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much. Even though we're living 2,000 years on, um, and uh, all that Jesus went through is still relevant for us today, that the price has been paid, the work has been completed, and nothing more is uh, required on our behalf but to trust you and love you. And Lord, at this time of year, we are reminded of exactly uh, how, how it all started here on earth, and we thank you for your perfect life, and the death that you, that, that the Lord Jesus died uh, on our behalf so that we can be free from sin. We thank you, Lord, that your grace is so vast, so rich and so free, and that uh, we could be recipients of it. And we thank you, Lord, for the, um, for the way that you have made it possible for us to be a part of your family. We praise you for who you are and what you've done. And uh, may you uh, always get the glory and honour for us. In Jesus' name.
you are and who you've revealed yourself to be uh, in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, in his life, in his death, his resurrection and ascension. Thanks so much that you uh, did that to serve us uh, amazingly. We know that we can't serve you at all. so much that you stepped out of your home in glory in heaven and you stepped down onto this sin-broken world. And Lord, you came to fulfill those prophecies, Lord, that you gave your life as a ransom to save me. And like Simon said, we have been um, set free from our chains. And we just pray, Lord God, that all of those events that have taken place over the last few weeks, Lord, that people's eyes and hearts will be open to how wonderful that gift is given freely to those who trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Just such an amazing Saviour that we have. And we just pray, Lord God, that, that these people that have heard a message this year will have their lives changed by Father, we pray that as we've been praising you for this great gift, that you'll help us to grab hold of it, to appreciate what you've done for us. We pray, Lord, that for us, Jesus will not be just for Christmas, that we will not forget you at this season and all you've done for us and all you are doing and all you will do for us. Oh, Father, we pray that we will have joy, that we have a great loving redeemer and we won't be distracted by anything we will. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the joy of praying together for the privilege that we have to come before you together as family. And Lord, I pray that we would never lose the wonder of that. And Lord, I pray that you would accept our prayers and our praise now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we're going to sing again. Name of all majesty. And I particularly chose this because of verse 4. Source of all sovereignty, light immortality, life everlasting and heaven assured. So with the ransomed we praise him eternally, Christ in his majesty, Jesus is Lord.
Now it's probable that over the last few weeks, a good number of us here have been writing Christmas lists, things we want to receive for Christmas. And uh, maybe you hand that list over to someone who coordinates getting it for you, or maybe you have some clever sort of Google document where people cross it off and it synchronizes across the board. Um, And then you wait. You wait to see if you get uh, any of the things that you asked for. And maybe you're sitting here tonight and you've found out already. Or maybe you'll find out over the next few days. Lots of us have been asking for things. Well, we're going to head back now in time uh, to when Jesus was on earth. We're not going all the way back to when he was a baby. We're stopping at when he was an adult. And it's a time when he's been preparing his disciples uh, for a while now that he's going to die. uh, That he's going to be beaten, mocked, uh, and then he's going to rise again. But his disciples haven't really got this. It's a bit of a mystery to them. They don't really get what's going on. But they do sense that something big is happening. Something big is coming up. So on the way to Jerusalem, James and John, they sidle up to Jesus. And they say, teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. It's a pretty big ask, isn't it? Parents, imagine your children. They came with their Christmas list. And your, your kids say, I want you to get whatever I ask of you. don't know how you'd react. Where Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? And this is what James and John want. If they were to write, say, a Christmas list, this is what would have been on theirs that they give to Jesus. Grant us to sit, one at your right hand and one at your left, in your glory. So when Jesus is king, sat on his throne... The two most important seats, to the left and the right, is where they want to be sat. They want the place of highest honour. They want to be seen as the greatest. They want the prominence. They want the power. They want the authority. When the other ten disciples hear what James and John have asked Jesus, you can understand, understand their reaction. They're indignant. But you get a sense that probably that's because those are the two seats they want as well. They hate the thought of people in their friendship group having more honour than them. And sadly, isn't that our default position? So many of us want to be the greatest. We may not explicitly ask, like James and John, we may not say, I want to be the greatest. But so often we can maybe be like the other disciples, the indignant ones, the ones that subtly want that glory. But the disciples haven't got how God's kingdom works. Jesus isn't going to be the one doing the honouring. That's the role of God the Father. And in God's kingdom, greatness doesn't come through authority or power. It comes through suffering and through serving others. Jesus tells James and John that they will suffer like he will. And they did later on. And then he gathers all the disciples together and he says this, he says, you know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them and their great ones exercise authority over them. That's what the leaders of the Gentiles were like. But it shall not be so among you. And in this bit, this bit's really important. Whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. 
So it's been a busy time for you. It's been a busy day and you're tired. It's Christmas Day and you've been rushing around, making sure that people are well looked after, making sure that the dinner's cooked. You haven't had much of a chance to sit down. You've been serving others. Be encouraged because God loves to see you serving others. You welcome people into your home over the Christmas period and you find that difficult because you're an introvert. Well, be encouraged as you serve. You're buying presents for people and writing meaningful cards and uh, you do it because you know that probably no one else will do it for them. But you also know that you're very unlikely to get anything back. But you do it because you care for them. You want to serve them. You want to bless them. Be encouraged as you serve others. You know, Jesus, he wants us to be glorified with him. But he knows that the only way that we can be glorified with him is if we follow him down the path of suffering and serving. And this is when we get to verse 45. It says, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus himself is the greatest example of what he's teaching here. He's the ultimate servant in God's kingdom. And so he is the greatest And so this Christmas day, this Christmas day evening, this is the sort of particular aspect that I want to sort of focus in on and meditate for a few minutes uh, this evening. Mark 10, 45. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And to help us grasp the wonder of this, we do need to think a little bit about the Son of Man. This is Jesus' favourite way of talking about himself. He, he often describes himself as the Son of Man. It's not just a fancy way of saying he's human. Um, and some of you will know this, um, but it comes from Daniel 7, one of Daniel's visions that he has. And uh, what I want you to do is I want you to look it up and read with me. Uh, so maybe on an app on your phone or if you've got a Bible, even better. Um, it's Daniel chapter 7 and uh, verses 13 to 14. So Daniel chapter 7 verses 13 to 14. This is what he says, Daniel says, I saw in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, there came one like a son of man. In other words, one looks like a human. And he came, this human, to the ancient of days. So he comes to God and was presented before him. And to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away and his kingdom one that shall not be destroyed. Jesus is the one who has come like the son of man as a human. 
And when he talks about himself in the Gospels, he often references this vision. So he says, For the Son of Man is going to come with his angels in the glory of his Father. It's Matthew 16, 27. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. That's Matthew 25, verse 31. And they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. That's Mark 13, 26. Jesus is the Son of Man. He's the one that everyone will bow down before. Every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. He will be served as king. And yet even he, even the son of man, in all that glory, in all that dominion, in all that authority, came not to be served, but to serve. Do you feel the impact of that this evening? The son of man came to serve us, to be our servant. It sounds wrong, doesn't it? It sounds like I've accidentally got my notes a bit mixed up and I've made this terrible mistake. But it's what it says. Have you ever thought about how different Christmas would be if this was the other way around? Imagine if it said, he came not to serve, but to be served. Well, it'd make a lot more sense, wouldn't it? But, it wouldn't exactly be a message of good news, would it? It wouldn't exactly bring joy to all people. I imagine it would make Christmas significantly more stressful. Trying to serve someone that demands absolute obedience without any help whatsoever from them. But here we have the Son of Man coming to serve us. And we see this right through his life. Right from the very beginning, we see him serving others. So there's no room at the inn. How long had Jesus' birth been planned out by God? Enough time to book a place at the inn. Possibly even a place at the palace. God had known this was coming for a long time. And yet Jesus is the one who sleeps in the manger while others sleep in their beds. And as you read through Jesus' life, it's constant service. He feeds the hungry, he cares for the poor, he heals the sick. And of course, the time when uh, most of us instantly think of service with Jesus' life is when he washed his disciples' feet, isn't it? A lot of us think of that. But it's striking to see what prompts Jesus to do that. What prompts Jesus to serve his disciples in that way? But this is John 13, verses 2 to 5. Well, two to four already. During supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper and began to wash their feet. So Jesus, he knows he's been given all things. He knows he's come from God. He knows he's going back to God But he serves people. Because that's why he came. He came to serve, to be a servant. And Jesus may not be around tonight. He may not be physically here at Forestfold to wash our feet. 
But he's still there ready to serve us. And we need him. We need him to serve us. We need him to help us. We need his help if we are going to successfully obey him. We need his help if we're going to successfully endure suffering without giving up. We need his help if we're going to be able to put ourselves in last place, because that's hard to do. He promises to serve us by giving us the power that we need. This is John 15, verse 5, well-known verse. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. We need him. We need him to help us. We need him to serve us. Paul found this. He found that with God's help, he was able to suffer, he was able to obey, he was able to do anything. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Someone was telling me this week just how much of an impact that verse has had on their life. It's made a real impact and it was a blessing to hear it. You know, thank God this Christmas that it does not say that Jesus came into the world to be served but he came to serve. And of course, if we're thinking about Jesus' greatest act of service, well, it wouldn't be washing his disciples' feet, great as that was. It'd be the act of paying the ransom for many to be rescued. The greatest act of Jesus in both service and suffering. Just think for a moment, if the ransom's not paid, we're in a dire situation, aren't we? Just think with me, just for a moment, some of the words that describe our situation if Jesus hasn't rescued us. It might help you to shut your eyes as you try and picture some of this. So captivity. Chains. Slavery. Fear. Guilt, darkness, death row. Perhaps you can think of some others. Have you got a, a picture there of, of that situation? You know, that's our situation. And, and the ransom price is announced. The ransom price for freedom is blood. And yet Jesus goes to Golgotha. And we read in Mark, we read it actually, that it talks about him walking in front of the other disciples. And they're amazed because of this sense of purpose that Jesus has going up to Jerusalem. And at Golgotha, he pays the ransom. The price is paid for our freedom. Blood is the price, his life for us. Go back to picturing it again. The chains fall off. The dungeon doors crash open. Many go free. And they go blinking into the light. The light that Peter describes as God's marvellous light. They're blinking because it's so bright, this freedom. You know, if there was no Christmas, that's where we'd be stuck. The ransom hanging over our heads that the only way we can pay is by our own blood. But this is what we read in Luke 2, verse 10 to 11. The angel says to the shepherds, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. 
For unto you is born this day in the city of David a saviour, who is Christ the Lord. Someone to save us, someone to rescue us, someone to bring us out of that situation. Jesus serves us ultimately as our saviour. And there's nothing that we can do. We have to allow him to serve us in that way. It's all him. The price has been paid. The law has been fulfilled. And the ransom cannot be demanded twice. And I just want to say to you tonight, if you are still in that captivity to sin, if Jesus hasn't rescued you, shout out to Jesus. Ask him to pay the price for you to set you free. Because he's done it willingly. He loves setting people free. Just ask him. That's the gospel. That's why we say it's good news. And in response, we're to be like Jesus. Again, these are well-known verses, but they fit so well. Philippians 2, verses 5 to 11. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking on the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, because of this, because of what Jesus has done, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You see how he became the greatest? He became the greatest by becoming the servant of all. He is the greatest. And so this Christmas, let's celebrate the servant king. The one who came to serve us, to give his life for us. I want to encourage you, take this verse away with you. Many of you know it already, it's a short verse, doesn't take long to remember. Take it away, think about it. As you think about Christmas, let your minds go to this verse. It should make our hearts sing if we really take it in. And as we head into the new year, as we head into it, well, busy week first, and then as we head into the new year, doesn't this challenge us about how we serve? How like Jesus are we? And I just want to say as well, just to finish really, I hope this really encourages those of you who do serve, those of you who work really hard and, and people don't see, those of you who are often last and other people are before you, I hope this really encourages you. I hope this is a blessing for you. God sees. God knows. Remember the servant king. And I just want to finish by reading uh, the last verse of the last song that we sang this morning. I wasn't planning to, uh, to put it in, but as we sang it this morning, I thought, what a way to finish this evening. And this is what we sang at the end of this morning. Son of Adam... Son of heaven, given as a ransom, reconciling God and man, Christ our mighty champion. What a saviour, what a friend, what a glorious mystery. Once a babe in Bethlehem, now the Lord of history. We're going to sing a couple of songs that help us think along these lines. Uh, We're going to start with, from heaven you came, helpless babe. Um, And then we're going to sing Majesty, it's only a short one, 
Uh, we're going to sing it twice to finish. Uh, but let me just read you the start of From Heaven You Came, Helpless Babe. So, From Heaven You Came, Helpless Babe, entered our world, your glory veiled, not to be served, but to serve, and give your life that we might live. This is our God, the servant king. He calls us now to follow him, to bring our lives as a daily offering of worship to the servant king.
Our Father, we thank you for the joy of singing. Lord, we thank you for that gift, uh, for us to be able to praise you, for you are worthy. Lord, I pray that in our hearts tonight we may go home singing to you. Lord, for you are worthy of praise. Lord, may what we have heard, may what we have thought about this evening really impact our minds, our hearts, our actions, our behaviours, our attitudes as we head into the week ahead and the year coming. Lord, may your name be glorified in everything we do. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.